When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad, the official Grant and Danny show sponsor. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. You can visit kmlawyers.com. Mention the show to get a discount kmlawyers.com our continuing coverage of the big game on 106.7 the fan presented by solo stove feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit solostove.com fired up to have michael lombardi with us in person out here at mandalay bay convention center at radio row always love having him on the show it's always a treat michael good to talk to you again how are you it's good to talk to you guys too thank you for having me i appreciate it absolutely thank you uh let's start with your reaction to where we're at now in operation Fill job openings for the commanders. Peters at GM seemed like the easy, obvious choice. They'd land him. That's who they wanted. Head coaching search was circuitous. What do we think? Well, I, I think the word that comes to mind is collaboration. I think that's what – and I think that Josh Harris, as the owner of the team, wanted to set up an organization that the general manager, president, however you want to call it, the king of all football operations was going to be the man who runs the team and the and the coach is going to coach the team for me for me grant it's a little bit different we're here in the super bowl both these two teams both have connection to the great bill walsh and walsh's playbook in terms of the plays he runs the west coast offense but also the organizational structure that he built when he was with the 49ers in 79 where the head coach is in charge the general manager works for the head coach and things go that way and josh coming from where he's been with the 76ers and being a diehard 76er fan that i am i understand that you know that that's what he wanted so adam peters is the key component here uh for the for the washington football team and dan quinn will work for adam and they'll draft players and quinn will have to develop those players and fit them into the scheme with kingsbury and move forward Michael, it's a, it was a weird cycle, I feel like. A lot more defensive minds than, than maybe we were used to with the, with the young, hot offensive coordinator being the trend. And Vrabel and Belichick left outside looking in. What did you make of this whole cycle? Well, I think they're intimidating, right? I mean, look, let's be clear. I mean, you know, you know, Mike Vrabel's a really good football guy. He's got convictions. And if you believe in collaboration, the idea of collaboration stems from this. We're going to get a lot of smart people in the room to make a lot of to make smart decisions and on paper that looks really good the problem is in most industries including business including football not everybody's equally informed or knowledgeable on the subject matter so you have a lot of uh, opinions the wisdom of the crowd is a book that was written a long time ago that suggests this is the way to go collaboration works 
Well, when you work in the NFL, it's hard to have collaboration without having somebody in charge who oversees the players, who stands in front of the players, because it's challenging. Because here's what, let me give you an example. You draft, Adam Peters drafts a guy in the third round. He's a defensive back. And the defensive back coach doesn't really like that player. Didn't really like him in the draft, didn't really scout him, didn't really like him. Okay, Quinn's like, we got to make this guy a player. Well, all right, now he's not as good as we think he is. But Peters thinks he is really good. And Peters thinks he's not getting coached well enough. So there was the rub. Whereas, let's do it the other way. Kyle Shanahan drafts the guy. John Lynch works for him. They draft the guy. He tells the defensive back coach, this is who we want to develop. Okay, we get that going. And now if he's not good enough, we're getting rid of him. But if he is good enough, we're going to keep developing him. You see the snag here? So it's, it's that constant civil war that has always been prevalent. And if you read the book, A Thinking Man's Guide to Pro Football, to professional football by Paul Zimmerman back in 1975. He has an opening chapter is on coaching. And in that opening chapter, he talks about this exact situation. And he talks about it through Walsh's words. Bill said to him, look, here's what happens in the NFL today, 75. The general manager and the president sit next to the owner. The owner doesn't know enough about the sport, so he listens to these two people. They get paid a hefty salary for what they do, I don't know. And then they hire a coach, and the coach is brought in to develop the players that these guys drafted. And if the coach doesn't win with these players, they get rid of the coach, and they find another coach to come in three more years later, and the cycle repeats. And that's what Walsh did. And so that's why Walsh, when he went to the 49ers, he hired John John McVay. He built the organization in his mind. And that's the background that I'm from, and that's what works in the NFL because we're sitting here at this game. We're sitting here. And those two teams run that system. Former GM in the NFL, DraftKings' Michael Lombardi with us on Grant and Danny. Before we dive into Dan Quinn, who you know a little bit, you worked with and are very close with Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. What happened in this cycle, do you think, that not only was he frozen out? Look, I wouldn't have hired him. I've said this, right? And, and my, my opinion is this, and, and I, you feel free to tell me I'm crazy. I'm hiring offensive coaches. I wouldn't hire Dan Quinn either. Having said that, this guy's the greatest coach of all time, and no one would call him. Yeah. Like I know it's hypocritical because I'm saying I wouldn't have hired him, but I do think everyone should have. Well, ta- why wouldn't you pick his brain? Him? Why wouldn't you brought him exactly. in? Exactly. I can't believe exactly. everything. Well, I, did. I think I disagree with you on offensive coaches because they're never really tough enough. Andy Reid's an offensive coach; he's tough. Mike Koshan is an offensive coach; he's tough. Some of these guys, the Matt Nagy, some of these guys are just not tough enough, and their teams aren't tough enough. But why do the offensive coaches win so much more than the defensive coaches? I don't know if that's actually true. Well, since 2014, if you look at the guys that have been hired. Ten conference championships in well, a Super Bowl for offense. Well, but one in mean, zero for defense. Won, one's Belichick's won so many Super no, Bowls. No, since 2014, so the last decade's worth of hirings. Yeah, Ten I, conference I'm titles in a Super I, Bowl for offense. For one me, in zero for defense. For me, a defensive coach sets the temperament for the team. One of the things I think Campbell gives the Lions is a tough temperament, right? And usually defensive coaches do that. Now, most of the people think defensive coaches stagnate the growth of the offense because all they want to do is run the ball twice and punt which I don't think is true. I think that's an old-school philosophy. <laughs> I think Belichick got frozen out because how do you build a collaborative organization when someone knows more than who you're trying to build a collaborative in? Okay, so, for example, in Atlanta, Terry Fontenot, they've won 21 games in the last three years, right? They put out a press release they weren't interested in Lamar, Lamar Jackson, you know, and so it was all Arthur Smith's fault why they lost. It wasn't Fontenot's fault, even though Fontenot was the guy that drafted Bijan Robinson when they already had Tyler Algio there. They could have used Jamal Carter in the defensive front. 
But again, we're back to that Walsh quote, right? It's he sits with the president. He sits with the owner. And so I think to me, there's intimidation with that. Who's going to interview Belichick? Like, who would interview Belichick in Washington? And who would be able to judge him that he actually knows what he's talking about? Like, who's giving him the passing grade? That's going to be really hard to do. Well, to that point, the reports are that at the end of the process, so after the Ben Johnson thing goes sideways, when they find out McDonald's going to Seattle, before they tell Dan Quinn it's your job, supposedly they reach out to Belichick. I don't know why then or what that does. But supposedly you know why they did it. You do this every day for a living. It allows them to say we did. It allows them to say to the people that live in McLean, that live in, <laughs> in all the neighboring cities, that we tried. You know, <laughs> and this is the best guy for us. It's a PR move. If you were genuinely serious about talking to them and learning football, you get on an airplane, you sit in front of them, you get on a whiteboard, you say, okay, tell me what you think. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, what do you believe? what's your philosophy on player personnel? What's your philosophy on player development? How do you want to handle the equipment room? How do you want to handle the training room? What are you doing with fat players? What are you doing with rehab players? Doing all this. Like, what's your plan for all this? Let's go through it. That's how you learn. I think Kraft made a great point that I don't think people really picked up on, is when Kraft said at the farewell press conference for Belichick, I made a lot of mistakes as a first-time owner. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think a lot of these owners do. I think we see it in Carolina, making True. a lot of mistakes. You know, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Blank still, still makes the same mistakes. So since, since 2003, he's relied on Rich McKay as his consigliere. Now, they can say he's going to put Rich McKay in another building. But when you've relied on somebody as your consigliere, I mean, they moved Tom Hagen out. And he still listened to what Tom had to say. So don't tell me you're moving him out. What, um, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. Do you think Belichick would have been willing to just coach? Because his results as an executive are not good. Well, they won six Super Bowls, so no, I don't no, know recently. how the players showed up there. Over, I, over a lot I of think, years. I think they've missed on – I think the quarterbacking position has been – they thought Mac Jones was better. I think that was a collaborative effort too now, just okay. so we understand that. Yeah. There was a lot of collaboration in that, and I was a big Mac Jones fan too. I wasn't in the building. I'm but not I convinced was. he's as terrible as he looks right now. By the way, he's not good. No, I think, but he, I think he played really poorly. He but did. let's go, let's go back to it. Let's go back to it. I, I I think this Belichick has no problem with listening to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Here's the issue. Here's the rub. You say just coach the team, okay? If you're the head coach of the team, you want players in your offseason program. You're in the Atlanta Falcons. They have no off-season workout bonuses in their contract. So is this being power-hungry to say, I want off-season bonuses in their contract? I want players to be in the building. I want to reward players. Is this being too power-hungry to say, why are we paying players and not have roster bonuses per game? Like, is that being too power-hungry? I don't think so. So when we start talking about power and executive, all these things fall under the umbrella. One thing I do know, having been in that building, there's a lot of people's – we all make mistakes in the draft, right? I mean, you just hired Adam Peters. Go through his 0-2 draft. If it's, not for, if it's not for Purdy, there's no draft. Go through it, right? We all make mistakes. This doesn't make Adam a bad GM. It's just reality, right? It's what we all do. We all make mistakes. And so I think to me, you know, it's about how does the team play. Everybody gets caught up, well, you missed on that third-round pick. Okay, in 2014, we – we missed on easily. We drafted Garoppolo in the second round. We got Malcolm Butler as a college free agent. He's worth a second-round pick, but nobody counts that. Michael Lombardi with us here on Grant and Danny. You mentioned Peters. That, to me, is the most exciting hire this offseason. 
uh, Michael, for, for this organization. A, they haven't had a GM since I was a kid, basically. Now they've got one, a guy with a great pedigree. And, you know, you, you referenced him. What are they getting in Peters? And how might he have grown over the years to, to kind of grow into this responsibility? Well, I, I, I can't answer that. I don't know Adam. You know, I know this. Quinn runs the similar defensive approach that Adam was with in San Francisco. So I think that's going to help Adam understand what he wants. And, and, and Adam, that 49er program is built on defensive linemen, right? It's all built on the fact that we've got to pay defensive linemen. We've got to build a defensive line, which has been a nice start, which is interesting because, you know, they traded Young and they traded Sweat. When would, would a Peters have paid Sweat? You know, a lot of people think that, you know, Sweat had three or four teams that were competing for him. I was on Chicago radio because I thought that was a great deal for, for Washington to get a high second-round pick at an economic value to rebuild your team, whereas, you know, Chicago paid a hell of a price contractually, which they had to get to the minimum contract base anyway. And then give it when you give up a second-round pick, a four-year contract at economic value, that's a lot. If you were hiring a head coach in this cycle, who would you have hired? Well, I mean, I would have hired Belichick. But well, I, I should Belichick. say Belichick notwithstanding. I would have hired Rabel. Why didn't he get any looks? Because it's the same reason why Belichick yeah. didn't get it. Who's interviewing him to judge him? Like, Vrabel is exactly what you want. He's going to build a program. See, I think this is what you're missing in Washington. You've got to build a program. The general manager can't build a program. The head coach has to build a program. That, that's a very hard thing to do. I live, and I say this not in any – I don't take this as I'm jealous of Adam Peters. or I. No, I lived this my life with Al Davis. And I can honestly say this to you. Al Davis knows more football than Adam Peters could ever possibly know. And he couldn't do it because the players felt they worked for the owner and not that. And the development of players, because the owner controlled the roster and he controlled everything, became very difficult because there was no player development. Because we had players on scholarship that were there that sucked that Al wanted the coaches to coach. Okay, (laughs) so there's that whole rub that I was giving you. I've watched this. I've lived this. Now, obviously, with the 76ers, it's been a different thing. Josh likes this pro- profile. And he's and he has every right to run it that way. For me, my opinion is, and I'm not judging it, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to learn from it, is I think it's very challenging. Michael, Super Bowl real quick here. What are we seeing? What's actually happening as Pat Mahomes has started this career arc? We take it for granted they're in the conference title game because every year he's been in the conference title game since he's been the starter. Yet another Super Bowl appearance with a chance to win another one here this early. like what Quantify for us what we're seeing right now. What we're seeing is a head coach that decided after Christmas Day when he went home to eat his traductive said, we can't play like this anymore. And so I got to stop doing what I'm doing. I got to change. I got to strategize a way to win the game. And so what's my strength? My strength is defense. What's my other strength? I got to run the ball a little bit more. Nobody wants to, I mean, the enemy brags about how many passes he called this year. You heard him say, Andy would have been proud of me for how many passes I called. And nobody hates calling runs more than Andy, except Andy hates losing more than run calling runs. Andy changed his whole dynamic. This team's a completely different team. It's ball control. It's old school West Coast. More short passes, get the ball out, protect the offensive line, can't really run. He changed the whole game. And Mahomes being the selfless great player that he is, he changed his game. He's no longer looking for 400-yard passing days. He knows they've got to manage the clock. He knows they've got to start fast. So for me, I think it's one of the great things. One of the things Brady was able to do in New England was win Super Bowls with different styles. The first Super Bowl, they throw for 143, they run for 142. 
right? The last Super Bowl, they scored 13 points. They only give up three. Like, they've won a thousand different ways, and I think that's a tribute to this organization of the Chiefs being adaptable. This is where the biggest problem is in the NFL, is you've got to have a head coach as a strategist. You've got to have a head coach who understands who his team is and then plays a certain way and is able to walk into the room and say to Cliff Kingsbury or to whoever the defense coordinator, here's how we've got to play based on the personnel. Michael Lombardi of DraftKings. Last one I've got for you. Cliff Kingsbury, OC. They're, they're entrusting the number two overall pick to him, whoever that is going to be, a quarterback. What do you think of that hire? Well, I, I think I like Cliff a lot. You know, I've known Cliff a long, long time. I think sometimes we judge people as a – we judge people as a – what they were as head coach. And I think Cliff's really a good offensive coach. And I think Cliff's going to be really good for whomever they decide to draft him. But remember, Adam Peters is going to make the pick at quarterback. Yeah, he's got to, and he's got to get it right. I mean, this is the whole deal now, this offseason. Michael, we appreciate you. I know you'll be busy this week. Thank you for Anytime, the time. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Michael buddy. Lombardi joining us. Brian Jones, who covers the college game. You see him on CBS. He'll discuss that number two pick in the quarterback class with us next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad, the official G&D show sponsor. They'll protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to score a discount. kmlawyers.com. Danny is in D.C. I'm out here in Vegas at Radio Row, Mandalay Bay, convention center on the Strip. Uh, things are hopping. Today really has taken off. I thought It's when business picks up, right? Yeah, Wednesday through Friday typically, but I even thought the last couple days were fire. But it's funny, the kind of the theme out here is like Radio Row is back in a big way because it, for several years a lot of people just weren't coming out here and just wasn't on the same level. I don't know if that's true or if people just wanted to come to Vegas. You know, like, <laughs> right, right. If it's Indianapolis, like Radio Row is so back. Tumbleweed. Right. <laughs> is this sustainable? Do, do all the big celebrities want to be out here? Like I heard The Rock's going to be here tomorrow. He's just going to be wandering around. Now, my guess is he's not going to be sitting down with you and me and a bunch of radio shows. There are big sets for all the TV shows that are outside of the ring of a thousand tables like ours where he might just hit some of those TV sets. But, I mean, there's all kinds of folks coming over. Seth Rollins of WWE was here earlier today. Saw Burt Kreischer. And everyone's like, man, Radio Row, it's back. This is like the old days. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. Vegas can bring them out. I do think next year will be great as well because it's New Orleans. So you got a two-year run yeah, of New Orleans will be good. Miami will be good when they do that again, I'm sure, but we'll see. You know what's after New Orleans? No. San Francisco. Ah. We went there once. We did? Everything was an hour from everything else. Like, you would have an event, yeah. and then, hey, here's where you go to do this interview with this player or whatever. 45 minutes away. It's crazy. It's just that our hub in Santa Clara, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Cool. If you think it it stinks that Ted Leonsis is moving the team five miles away from you, you should ask some 49ers fans about where they play. I understand it's a little different because it's not as many games, but that is an absolute hike. Uh, I have a a developing situation on my hands, though, Daniel. Go on, sir. In my inbox right now for Gmail. I have a Super Bowl party invitation Oh, wow. from David and Sue. I won't say their last name. Okay. 
I don't know them. They are strangers. I clicked on more details because I said, I don't know these people. Uh-huh. It said 27 people have confirmed to come to their party. I looked at the list. I don't know any of the 27 people. So I said, wait a second. What is going on here? Super Bowl party 2024, Sunday, February 11th at 5 p.m. Come to David and Sue's house. We, okay, we know David. Yeah, okay. Here's the problem. It's in Sherman, Texas. This has to be a mistake, respectfully. I, I don't think they think I am who I think I am. No, I botched that. Right. I don't think I am who they think I am. Is that right? He is who we thought we he was. They are right. who we thought they were. We let him off the hook. I don't know. Yeah, that's they, with respectfully, I think they may have the wrong grant on that one. Our producer Jacob thought there was like some upside down pineapple situation possibly developing here. I don't want anything to do with that either. I would just say. How was his big? He thinks that this is like their way to meet people. Maybe it's just to accidentally email them about parties to watch sports. I, I at the risk of us getting in trouble, I actually don't know what that term means. What's an upside down pineapple? What is that? Uh, you'll have to do some digging on your own. I don't know. Time. Can you just say it out loud in very explicit ways? Do you remember the movie that starred Vince Vaughn early in his career? Yeah. Okay. He was in a like, movie Clay Pigeons. Nope, not he that was a one. Rudy. Looking for John Favreau. Yeah. Vince Vaughn. What was the name of that movie, Grant? I don't remember. Oh. But I think he's wrong, Jacob, our producer. Okay. I think there's nothing nefarious or weird happening here. I'm going to guess that Golf another documentary Grant full. Paulson, another Grant Paulson, who lives, I, you were breaking up, I couldn't hear you, <laughs> in Sherman, Texas. Got an invite, or was supposed to, and it never came. So there's two ways to go with this. One, I could ignore it and never think about it again. That's number one. Two is, I could become that viral clip that everyone sees on social media for years. Big effort. Where, where that grandkid and the grandlady that don't know each other get together for Thanksgiving every year. You know, you see it like every yeah, yeah, year yeah. on November 23rd. I could just always be hanging out with David and, David and Sue, Sue. Kimball. In Sherman, Texas. And it's like, remember in 2024, it's year 11 of Reagan, Truman, Grant, Allison, and the whole clan uh-huh. going to hang out with the Kimballs. We got to get on our flight for Sherman, Texas. It's Super Bowl weekend. Joey Votto strikes out a lot. He's a free agent. Nope. Uh, anyway, that would, I tell you, that's a high effort. And here's the thing let's say it doesn't go viral, which what goes viral, what doesn't, we can never predict it. If we knew, we would just all do viral videos all the time. and. And, and retire and make money. So it's imagine how awkward and low floor it is if you go through all that trouble to go, for, to, go to wherever Richard Kimball, Texas, and it's not viral. It's just a weird time where it's like after eight minutes, it's, well, see you later. I'll go wait at the airport because that's more comfortable than being at David and Sue's. That, the downside is what I fear. The upside is tremendous like you're talking about. How good does that party have to be? to justify flying to Sherman, Texas. Sherman. To Richard Sherman, Texas. I don't I mean, know. There's no food menu, right? There, there's <laughs> nothing that could happen at that party. <laughs> Short of me winning squares, like mm. every every game that is played yeah. with thousands and thousands at stake. Like if I was to make $10,000 somehow while I was there, now it justifies that trip, it right? Does. That's what it takes at that point. Uh, We are joined right now on site 
here at Radio Row at Mandalay Bay Convention Center by Brian Jones, and I'm fired up to talk with you, Brian. Danny's back in our D.C. studios. We talked with you at a Super Bowl a handful of years ago and just broke down college ball, and I always have enjoyed watching you and discussing the college game. But as you may know, the Washington Commanders Uh have the number two pick in the NFL draft. I, as a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan, am, am not at liberty to discuss the commanders. No, I'm joking. I Go didn't ahead. hear what you said. You broke up. You, broke you said up right you were now. a fan of who? <laughs> I didn't hear that part. Uh, so let me ask you first things first. College quarterbacks coming out, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. How do you rate those three guys? Daniels, May, Williams. Whoa. Wow, you have Caleb Williams third. I like all three of these quarterbacks. I think they're phenomenal. Once you get such a talented group of guys, it becomes subjective. And I am attracted to the style of play, the mannerisms, the way he carries himself on the field of Jaden Daniels. I think he's going to be a pro's pro. And I have enjoyed watching his progression from the early years at Arizona State to these last two seasons at LSU, especially his toughness. You remember the SEC championship game two years ago? And that kid was playing on one leg, and you, you had the, the, the picture of the, uh, the big defensive line and uh, Jalen Carter holding him up with one arm and all this stuff. Uh, but he went out there on that one wheel, man, and, and was still making plays until he couldn't go any, any further. So uh, I am a, a, a big fan of, of uh, Mr. Jaden Daniels, but I like all the guys. Uh, I shouldn't like Caleb Williams because of how he announced himself to the rest of the world, beating up on my Longhorns hmm. a couple seasons ago when he was at Oklahoma coming in for their injured quarterback. But I, I think they're all very, very talented. Jake, uh, Drake May, uh, uh, Justin Herbert is who he reminds me of as far as his stature and size and all the other metrics. So I don't necessarily think you can go wrong. That being said, nothing's guaranteed at the NFL level. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just a Jaden Daniels fan. That's my guy. So to piggyback off of that, if I tell you now, and obviously we don't know, it's, and we're not running anybody down just yet, but no one can tell anything. But if I told you right now, one of these guys is a Hall of Famer and one of these guys has a Mitch Trubisky-like career, mm. who would you pick for each one? <laughs> oh, man, you got me denigrating them, huh? Uh, uh, Brian Jones says. (laughs) 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 Cameras are rolling. Oh, they're always rolling, baby, these days. I'm glad they weren't around when I was doing my dirt. Um, (laughs) Well, they were around some. Uh, Hall of Famer. Man, that's lofty there, buddy. Oh, I tell you what, I wish I could predict that. That's why we built this platform, Edge3.ai, powered by IBM Watson X, is for predicting predictive analysis. So I might need to plug that one in uh, to get an answer for you. Let me ask you it a different way. Most likely to be a superstar and then the biggest risk to not pan out. Superstar, I'm going Daniels. Okay. This guy, although he's, he's not huge, May wins that competition. He knows how to get out of harm's way. He's so slippery. And you can say the same about Caleb. Uh, I, I'm I'm going with my guy, with, uh, Daniels. Jaden Daniels would be your superstar. Right now on Grant and Danny, Brian Jones. Been watching him on CBS Sports, one of my favorite college football analysts for years. Uh, and he's breaking down a couple of these quarterback prospects coming out. If Washington sits at two, let's say Daniels goes one just the, the pre-draft process 
you, you end up being right. Everyone falls in love with him. You would still then take May over Caleb Williams. I'm curious about that. May is a big body, which they covet at the next level, and he's an athletic body. So throw him. I said Justin Herbert, but how about a – who's my guy up at uh, Buffalo? I Allen. can see his Allen. You know, he, he, he throw him in that category because he's a guy that can, can really move uh, and gives you a, a true dual, dual threat. So Williams – at three, you know, it's not a hard three. I'm just saying. I, sure. I think they're all comparable. Mm-hmm. And they, they there's things about their skill set that is very, very attractive and, and, and very comparable. Uh, so I think it's going to be, as, as I'm sitting here sweating and straining to answer <laughs> your questions, I think that's going on in these war rooms of these NFL teams a, as well. Sounds like you would not bother though moving up from two to one to get your guy you just kind of no I, 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 I sit where I am unless I just really fell in love once again this is subjective it's a beauty contest and you know one person's prince is another or, or is another one's trash yeah. Uh, so yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't move I, I think all three are extremely talented but if I'm just dead set this is my guy I love every dang thing about him I would move up, but I, I, I think all, all they all have something to offer which can electrify your offense, and, and and hopefully they assimilate to the NFL game, which isn't guaranteed as we as we watch a bunch of quarterbacks that were much heralded. You brought up uh, Trubisky, you know, uh, you, you look at what's going on with Fields uh, at, at Chicago, uh, so it's never guaranteed. So my guy is, is going to be Daniels, and if I need to move up, I'm not so sure I would because I, I like what the fallback position provides. Of the next group, Penix, McCarthy, Bo Nix, et cetera, who do you like best out of there? Hmm. I'd probably go McCarthy over Penix. Penix has everything you want in terms of leadership and in the arm. I gotta, he's got to check the box on those injuries. And yeah. it's a testament to that young man that he's overcome multiple knee injuries. He's overcome, I believe, Achilles. And if you've ever been through uh, the medical exams that are administered at the Combine or at these NFL facilities, whoo, you have an appreciation for what this dude's about to go through. Because at that position especially, they are going to scour his body, his medical records, to make sure everything checks out. And for him to overcome those injuries, big injuries, and play at the level for the last two years there at Washington, that says a lot about that young man and who he is. So uh, I, I, I would I would take J.J., who was a J.J. Penix and, and Knicks, I would probably take J.J. Um, this guy, another big dual threat cat who can spin it, I like his skill set. Did he post the, the gaudy numbers of a, a Penix Jr. some of the others? No. And that's not necessarily how their offense was built. And everyone points to the lull in the season, especially the passing near the end of the year for, for Michigan. He really didn't do that much. But they had others that they could lean on. And, and, and he was still an integral part of them winning a national title. We'll be real quick here because uh, I do want to squeeze this in. 
in our final minute with Brian Jones. Got Dan Orlovsky coming up, Mark Schlereth as well. Oh, you got the smart people coming. And Danny. Hey, you're <laughs> you right the there. Smart with ones them. coming, dude. Uh, tell us about Edge Three, this platform for athletes and coaches that you're working with. You guys are well aware of the shifting landscape at the collegiate level, NIL, transfer portal. About three or four years ago, myself and my business partner, Kenyon Rashid, who's a former NFL running back, played at Oklahoma, hate them, uh, hook them. Uh, we start banting about this, this, this question, you know, how do we aggregate all this information? We're inundated with family members, other friends of family whose kids have been thrust into the college recruiting space and don't know what to ask. And on the flip side, with today's landscape, it's risky for these college coaches in the recruiting process because there's so much money involved. So how can we aggregate a ton of data that makes it more the recruiting process more efficient, make it more seamless and fluid for the athletes and their parents, for the coaches to sift through and discern whether or not if I'm an athlete, this program's a fit. If I'm a coach, if this kid's in a, a fit for our locker room. Now I've got insights as a player into that position room. I can see who's in there. I've got comparative analysis uh, with guys who fit my metrics, my body size. And, and it, 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 we got predictive analytics, which IBM Watson is being been utilized at Wimbledon, U.S. Open, fantasy football. Uh, a lot of their stuff is powered by uh, Watson X. So that's Edge 3. AI. We want to make the recruiting process for the athlete, for the coaches, more efficient, less riskier, and possibly mitigate all these guys jumping into the portal and the coaches having to re-recruit their locker room. It's going to be amazing next couple of years wow, in college yeah. football. Yes. We'll be watching your coverage. Brian, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Brian. you. Brian Jones on Great and Danny on The Fan. Dan Orlovsky joining us out here in Vegas as we continue right here on The Fan. Big game coverage on 106.7 The Fan is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. There's about six or seven times every NFL season when Dan Orlovsky of ESPN does a breakdown. We really want to get him on to talk about. And uh, now is the time, ladies and gentlemen. We have him on. It's Radio Row. We're in Vegas. He is a tough guy to get on the air sometimes. <laughs> we, sometimes we think about getting on, and then we just book Obama instead. And he comes on. He's like, we've hey, the guy. Pope a couple times. Like, yeah, a couple times we got the Pope. We're just like, oh, we would get Arlovsky, but we'll just get the Obama or the Pope anyway. Uh, Obama, huh? Yeah, it's 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 easier to get him. That's but I'm first. fired up to talk to you, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, appreciate your words. It's good to be with you. You are taller than I thought you were. Literally everybody says that. When we were just obviously down in the Pro Bowl, Disney, I'm walking around Disney World with my family, and you know people come up and they're like, man, you're so much taller than I thought you were. And I always look at them like, dude, I. I, I was an unathletic quarterback in the NFL. I, I, it wasn't because I was short. You <laughs> right. know? So. I don't know why. I was thinking like that, like 6'2", maybe, nah. quarterback frame. Well, this part of like... it is because they make us adjust the chairs on TV all the time. So I look at the same height as, you know, uh, you know RC yeah. or Laura or Mina. So it, that's that's not reality. Danny, he's on that, like, he's not quite on that Paxton Lynch. But like it's a, he's a very tall man wandering yeah. around here. Yeah. He's like Awkwardly Axton Lynch. Tall. It's just a little bit shy. Uh <laughs> 
Dan, how do you bother Mahomes? Like, what's the prescription? Yeah, I think that the big thing is you have to have the mindset of we've got to try to win this football game with 90 seconds left on the clock. It's very old school, like Bill Belichick mindset. you got to force him to prove to you that he will just methodically be boring for four quarters. No elite talent wants that. No one does. I'll never forget the two things I learned from that whole process. One, going to play against New England and Peyton Manning kind of, you know, giving me advice. He was like, hey, what he tries to do to quarterbacks is just outgrind them and and make you be patient and you're going to make a mistake at some point. So philosophically, you have to have that mindset. And then the second thing is when I was with Matthew Stafford and, you know, just watching tape with him and he would attempt throws and so often hit them, but attempt throws that I would sit there and be like, why, dude? Like, you don't have to do that. There's easier throws. And he was like, well, you can make those throws. I want to make the throws that you can't make. You know, and I, I think you have to have that mindset of you're not going to give him the opportunity to make the cool throws or the fun throws and just force that patience and hope that he makes a mistake or you punch a ball out or their offensive line struggles. They don't make that play in the red zone and you could keep the game in striking distance late. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN on Grant and Danny, the other starting quarterback in this game. The discourse on Brock Purdy's gotten kind of wild now. Sure. Where it feels like you got to sit in one of two camps, right? Either he's just some mediocre option who's propped up by everybody, or he's the MVP of the league. And there's probably a middle ground there somewhere. I mean, how should we be discussing him? Because it goes without saying to me, like, he might have the best play designer and caller and elite weapons all around him. But he still makes some huge plays. That guy scrambled for 50 yards in the second half yeah. of the NFC Championship. Yeah. I don't think it's as difficult as the conversation as so many of us have made it. I think he's an elite quarterback, okay? However you want to define elite, great. Have at it. The way I define elite, the way I, I group elite is if you're an elite quarterback, you are one of those guys that it's one of two groups. Hey, when, when we're depleted a little bit on offense, hey, our starting left tackle out and our number one ride receiver's out we, for two weeks, three weeks, or, hey, our defense is down four starters, they're going to get 30 hung on up on them. You're good enough to carry us to a win or two in that stretch. You're good enough to make sure that we play at a level where we got a chance to win games. Those guys, there's like three of them on planet Earth, four of them on planet Earth. Or you're an elite quarterback when, yeah, hey, the things that are around you are pretty darn healthy. Good play caller, you got good talent around you and you play at an awesome level you you statistically individually perform at high level we win a bunch of games there's those two groupings for me that are elite players he's firmly in that second group i don't know if he'll ever get into that first one i don't know if he has, the, has how the, many guys are in there I, I patrick firmly in there josh allen firmly in there lamar jackson firmly in there um i, I as i adore joe burrow yeah i haven't joe's never had to really play without like jamar or, or t and and whatnot. So I Could think be, he can be. Seen it. Correct. Yeah. You know? So I think. So how big is that other bucket then? It's not a giant bucket. Yeah. It just isn't. It's Eight a or group. nine guys? I think that's high. You know, I okay. think it's a group of another six or seven guys, you know? And, and I so think. So you think Purdy is like a top 10, 12 quarterback? In yeah. The and, and the other aspect of it is this. If you compare everyone's, well, they, he went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. No, he did. This defense ain't 2019's defense in San Francisco now. This is not that defense. We know Jimmy Garoppolo was a good player in 2019 that rode the backs of that defense to a Super Bowl. This is not that same unit. This unit isn't nearly as dominant. 
Brock Purdy is not riding the backs of a top two or top three defense to the Super Bowl. He has changed. I've, I've watched every snap of Kyle Shanahan's career in the NFL. I played under Kyle. I've watched him with Matt Schaub. I've watched him with Matt Ryan. I've watched him with, you know, Johnny Menzel. Kirk, yeah. This is the best this offense has looked. I'm not saying he's playing better than Matt Ryan because Matt's MVP or MVP. sick. But my goodness, he's playing at an incredibly high level. Dan Orlovsky with us here on GND. They will be live on NFL Live from Las Vegas on Thursday and Friday, 4 to 5 Eastern. And they'll be on the Super Bowl call for fans in Australia and New Zealand. Very cool. First, congrats on that. Man, work really on that cool. accent? You working on the Australian Not, accent? N- you know, we've, as much as I like to speak in British and Australian accents, <laughs> on the show, yeah. I almost did it one time, and I got the old Dikembe Mutombo. Like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> they might not take too kindly to that. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll speak in my high-pitched, not gone through puberty voice j- just fine. Yeah, go with the don't insult the nation uh, yeah, yeah, approach I'm not to trying it, which to, I like. I'm not trying to piss people off. Uh, I do that enough. Dan, Cliff Kingsbury's offense. What are we going to see kind of 2.0 here now in, in Washington? Do you expect them to be in shotgun as much as they were in Arizona? Was that a Kyler Murray thing or not. a Cliff thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was. Well, Cliff's been in it a ton in his career, yeah. and certainly Kyler. Th- this is what I've said about Cliff. Um, <clears throat> one, they ran the ball better in Arizona than people probably have their perspective of. They think Cliff Kingsbury, they think chuck and duck, run and gun, throw it all around. There is element of that, but they ran the ball better in, in Arizona than people probably think. Um, the, the thing that you like about Cliff is that Kyler played really well early on. Those first two years, Kyler played good football. He got that young player to play at a high level. You know, I think it was 60 total touchdowns, 20 interceptions in his first two seasons. So you like the fact that you got a coach who's been around a young, talented player and got him to immediately play at a high level. What you don't like is after that second year, there wasn't growth. There wasn't development from Kyler Murray. There wasn't that jump. So why? Was that a Kyler thing? Was it a Cliff thing? I think that's what Washington has got to figure out, and hopefully they already have, is you, you're, you're intrigued to think, okay, no matter the quarterback we get, we, we, we'd hope he, and expect he's going to play well. Cliff's got the, the background of that. But we, we don't want just a quarterback to come in and play well for two years. I want a guy that's going to be awesome for 10, 12, 15 years. What went wrong in the development of Kyler to stunt that kind of growth and process for him? How much have you studied the rookie class? Not much yet. Outside of calling some of their games, I've called every one of these guys' games except Caleb. I called Drake's games early on. I've called a couple of Jaden Daniels. Shoot, I was calling Jaden Daniels' games. So a state? No, not a state, but early 2022 LSU. Okay. And when they were like, hey, we might bench them. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and, you know, so, just the overwhelming thing was like, he's got to trust stuff. So If Caleb goes 1-1 and Washington's at 2, and they're debating between May and Daniels, it's early in the process, but what's your thought? Yeah, about? it's early in the process. Um, I probably lean Drake. You know, I've been I've been a massive. Drake is Big Ben. You know, he's he's got that backyard. um you know, kind of freakazoid, giant human element to him that you sit there and go sometimes like, hey, are you, do you, are you sure you know what you're looking at? But sometimes it doesn't matter. You know, it's Josh Allen-ish as well. Sloppy mechanically, you can always fix that stuff. Um, he's got great work ethic. One of the things I try to make sure everyone understands is like Drake May wasn't this kid who went to North Carolina because he was under-recruited or he was this two-star that that was his best offer, a middle-of-the-pack ACC school. He could have gone anywhere in the country. He went to New Carolina because it's his, in his family's blood. I will say this. I haven't studied Jaden's last year yet. But what I have seen, because I had to make some cuts, 
just when I watched CJ last year, Stroud, the first thing that came to my mind was that dude is pure when it comes to throwing the ball from the pocket, just pure. That's the same type of thought I had with Jaden Daniels watching his some of his tape. Now, I've only done about a game and a half, two games, but when you watch him throw from the pocket, you go, that's just pure. It's a very pure stroke. We had to bump the Pope so we could talk to Dan Orlovsky. Dan, thank you, buddy. Really appreciate the time, dude. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. Keep killing it on ESPN. Thanks, Do a great job, Dan Orlovsky on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Next, we'll catch up with Mark Schlereth. Get his pick on Super Bowl 58. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.